0: Stem Cells at Lunch Digested is brought to you by the Center for Stem Cells and Regenerative Medicine at King's College, London. Hello to uh, Stem Cells at Lunch Digested. My name is Ines Tomás. I am a PhD student at Fiona's Watt um, Lab. And today we have Dr. Adrian Beedle. Welcome.
1: Thank you for having me. (laughs)
0: Um, So, Adrian, you are a lecturer at the Blizzard Institute um, from Queen Mary University of London um, and you started your your lab um, there. Can you explain what your lab um, works on?
1: Yes, uh, we work on oral cancer. My lab at the Institute has been going for a, a couple of years now. And in fact, I did my postdoctoral work in the Visitor Institute, so I just sort of, I say seamlessly, maybe not quite seamlessly, but more or less seamlessly, come straight through into, into, into my own group. And um, we're particularly interested in uh, the role of, of cancer stem cells in oral cancer. So the cancer stem cell um, concept has been around for quite some time now, but it's particularly important in terms of oral cancer for uh, trying to understand how the, uh, the tumor invades and 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 um, and responds to, to therapy and how tumors become resistant to therapy uh, particularly in, in terms of invasion uh, oral cancer is it's, it's nasty it's one of the top 10 cancers worldwide it's a very nasty disease because it, it invades all the surrounding tissue uh, around the oral cavity and into the neck and, and it's uh, got a, unfortunately um, a very very poor prognosis in that respect once it started invading and so we to understand how how understand how that happens and cancer stem cells are um, these cells which, which drive this, this process, they, they are the cells at the root of the tumour and they have what, what we call phenotypic plasticity and all that means is they can, they can change how they behave and they can uh, go from a, a proliferating, growing tumour cell and turn into a tumour cell that, that, that migrates and moves around and then start moving um, and, and invading into the, the tissue surrounding the tumour and we're looking at understanding that process um, and how stem cells can, can change
0: their, their behaviour. All right, thank you. So I know you've identified two different um, main cancer stem cells. Do you want to explain why are they different and why are they important?
1: Mm. So, so most of the uh, uh, oral cancer is like most cancers, and it's cancer of an epithelial tissue. That it means it's a tissue like the um, the oral lining and like the top of the skin as well, where the cells are normally all, all stuck together and they sit there and, there and they grow, but they don't move around. And when a, a tumour starts growing, it does the same thing. We have these stem cells at the root of the tumour who drive the tumour growth and also give rise to more differentiated cells or sort of, um, cells which stop growing, just like in normal tissue. Um, and they grow and they, and they expand, but they don't move around because that's not what epithelial tissues do. Uh, but what we found is that once a tumour reaches a certain point, these, these stem cells can switch their identity and they can change to an identity where they can detach from each other, they don't have to be attached to each other anymore and they can start moving moving around. They become more elongated. So there are cells in our body called, not normal cells in our body, called mesenchymal cells, for example fibroblasts, one type of mesenchymal cell, and they become more like this. So they actually, they from an epithelial tissue, but they become more like a mesenchymal tissue. And that enables them to move around, and start invading the surrounding tissue and in fact then they can go back again They can switch both ways and once they become mesenchymal Then they go back again to an epithelial phenotype, which is important so then they can grow again uh, and grow a new tumour at a secondary site And this is known to be important now in in lots of different tumour types Um, Oral cancer is one where we see a very clear uh, switch in one direction and then back again in order to drive this this process
0: And so do you think that this is the core? Like the key that we need to focus on to find
1: a cure. Well, what, well one important thing about this is it appears to be a, a process which is very important for metastasis. The metastasis is what causes the, the majority of of cancer deaths, because tumours and one of one of the problems with with with, with um, treating tumours is that they're they're extremely diff- They're extremely variable. Each cancer is its own own little disease yeah. uh, with different mutations and different behaviours. So. It's really important to try and latch onto something which which could be common to maybe not all tumours, at least a large, a large uh, proportion of tumours. So then we can hit that process and hopefully um, treat a lot of a lot of different tumours. And this uh, this this process, this switch between we call it epithelial mesenchymal transition or EMT, where they switch from this epithelial, this mesenchymal phenotype. Uh, we think, at least certainly in oral cancer, and um, it looks like potentially in some other tumour types as well, could be a common process that is that is used to drive. Um, the um, this this invasion away from the primary site which at the end of the day is what what causes the, the destruction and and is what's dangerous about cancer
0: so in this would be so if you find the way of targeting this mm. would it be transversal to all types of cancer
1: well there's um there's lots of different types of cancer and not all of them are from epithelial tissues in fact one um Type of cancer that we work on a little bit alongside oral cancer is, is melanoma which is uh, the, the cancer that comes in moles in the skin and these are really dangerous cancers uh, and they um, they invade very early on so unlike uh, most cancers like oral cancer where they grow quite a long time first before they start to invade the surrounding tissue melanomas will uh, invade and, and um, what's called metastasize all around the body before the primary tumor gets very big at all before sometimes before the patient's even noticed and the interesting thing about melanoma is that comes from a mesenchymal lineage that comes from a tissue which never had this, this stuck-together epiphylial phenotype. They've always had this elongated elongated phenotype, even in the normal tissue. So that suggests that because they've already had this this um, developmentally, so in, in, in the embryo, they've already undergone this epiphylial mesenchymal transition, that... Um, they are primed to invade and metastasize, so we may need to tackle each tumor type in different way, ways. And then, of course, there's there's leukemias, cancers of the blood, where these are very different types of cells again. But we're we're hoping we can undercover some some general um, con- concepts that can be used to start to tackle cancer individually. Although certainly they will need to be tailored to each cancer. We'd be we finding um, it'd be nice if all cancers were the same, but of finding that each <laughs> tumor type is it actually quite different, and uh, and therefore you are going to have to tailor it to the the the, the um, the way of treating tumors to each, each type of cancer.
0: Yeah. So you're just saying that cancer is not one specific disease. It varies with mm. within the site and the type of cells. So now How do you study cancer? I know that you're working in an in vitro model. Mm. How do you mimic the live situation of a tumor in the lab?
1: Yes. So there's a few things we do and we're quite lucky in a way, uh, looking at oral cancer because unlike some other tumor sites, um, the, Tumours in oral cancer seem to be, at least in, in a sort of very big picture way, fairly similar to each other. Although of course there's, there's differences which which then result in differences in, in how the patient um, how the tumour behaves in in a patient. Um, but the way we model these 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 oral cancers is in you know, a few different ways, and actually yeah, that's a big part of what we've been trying to do recently. You know, and I, as my lab's been sizing up, is try and uh, increase the, the number of ways we can we can model cancer because of course if you rely on one thing, it may not may not be right, and you want to look for processes, they're the same in all different ways of looking at cancer. And the, uh, the thing we have always done traditionally is use cancer cell lines. These are a great resource. So what's happens is when you, you can take a, a human tumour that's been taken at surgery and you put it into a dish and, and some of the time, not all of the time, the tumours then grow in a dish and they'll keep growing forever because they, they're immortal tumour cells. And that because they keep growing forever, you can, you can freeze down loads and loads and loads of cells and, and that's a great resource for doing experiments. Um, but of course, because they are growing in a dish, uh, they may, as, as they grow in the dish, they may become different to how they were in the patient and they may start to take on behaviours that, that uh, don't uh, mirror what happens in, in the patient and therefore we, we're looking at other ways as well uh, particularly taking uh, tumours that come straight from the patient and growing them in, in 3D assays where you uh, can put a tumour straight, a little piece of tumour straight from a patient into a, a 3D gel that mimics the environment inside, inside a human and see how they behave there and we can also uh, take um, What's called uh, formalin fixed paraffin embedded tumour specimens. These are where um, pathologists have, in the hospitals, a big archives of bits of, bits of tumour they've taken from all their patients and have, and have um, preserved in, in paraffin. And you can take little tiny little slices of these, of these tumours and, uh, and look at those under the microscope, and you can look at various, various um, cancer markers in, in these slices to see. And so when you start comparing between the, the cell lines growing in a dish, which are really easy to use and a great resource to, for doing our work and the, the bits of fresh tumour straight out of a patient that are going to 3D and then the tumour slices and you're looking for things which are the same in all of them and then, then that gives you more, more confidence that hopefully you're seeing something which, which is which is real.
0: Right. So I know that your research is part of animal-free um, mm-hmm. research, so let's say in tumour microenvironment how do you add the other cells that we know that have also um, a role in tumour progression in that kind of model?
1: Yes, so there are, that's a, a really, a really um, sort of exploding field at the moment. And it's something we, uh, we've hardly touched on in, in my own group, That we, well, although we are increasingly moving in that direction. But there are lots of, of um, other groups out there who are doing really amazing stuff in this field, uh, particularly using microfluidic, microfluidic devices where you can actually layer in different um, sort of zone regions with different types of, of cells in. Um, people are, uh, I talked about the slices of, of, t- of tumour, you can actually take slices of tumour now and grow them for a little bit, so you would actually take a human tumour and grow, it with all its microenvironment, in a dish for a period of time, a few days, uh, to do experiments there, and um, there are ways, I mean, of course you can just simply, I talked about our 3D uh, model where we can put tumours into three D, you can start to layer in uh, immune cells, the, the fibroblasts that that surround the surround the tumour. So there are ways of, of layering human cells in, in that. We're hoping that, but by um, by looking at, at human cells, we can we can get um, our findings will be more more applicable to to, to human disease. Um, certainly, there is a lot of work on, on looking at the environment in, in animal models, but of course it's always a huge caveat that that it, yeah. it's it's a very um, it's a very complex system, it's an animal, but at the same time it, it's, it's, it's quite simple compared to the, the human uh, environment and, and maybe quite different. So we're hoping that, that um, with all this work that's going on, cro- not just in our group, but in many groups, looking at um, developing a complex human in vitro environment that this may... But of course you need, to start, you need to start simple as well, um, and yeah, in, our philosophy is always start simple and layer on each level of complexity, uh, and that way hopefully we'll be able to find something which, is, um, which we can understand.
0: So where do you think that cancer research will be in 50 years, let's say?
1: Yes, so I think... Will you
0: have a cure for some types? Will we have a prognostic or diagnostic methods?
1: I think the prognostics and diagnosis will improve a lot and that's something that we've been looking at, is in oral cancer particularly. It's very difficult to um, determine what, what therapeutic regime is needed. Some patients are treated quite conservatively. We've just um, had surgery on the, prim- on the primary lesion in the mouth. And other patients, where the, the pathological analysis, of the primary tumour looks like it may have invaded, they have what's called a neck dissection, where the, the lymph nodes in the neck are taken away. And that's actually a really unpleasant surgery that has lots of morbidity. And it's quite difficult to target that at the moment. And I think that's something we're working on to try and um, develop ways of identifying whether you've got these metastatic cancer stem cells and they're that. Increases the, the risk of, of, of metastasis, so we can better target these surgeries. That's certainly one thing, but I think it is one thing, and one more generally, I think it's difficult to become a bit sort of pessim- sorry. It's sort of difficult. It's it's easy to become quite pessimistic. But actually, if you, if you look at the the advantage in, in cancer therapeutics over the last 50 years, there's actually been a lot, a lot, a lot of um, advances. Some, some types of leukemia are curable now, and for some tumor types like, like breast cancer, the, the survival is, is an awful lot better than it was even, even 20 years ago, with the new, particularly with the new targeted therapeutics that have come in, with um, anything like Herceptin and the Tamoxifen, which has a huge effect in, in breast cancer. And of course, we've got immunotherapy coming in now, which is having, having a big effect, good. although of course immunotherapy also has, has some unpleasant side effects, and that's being improved further. Um, to, to, to lessen those side effects. So I think it will be a, a, a war of attrition. Um, it has been up to this point, and I think we'll, we'll continue to make advances. There will be some tumours which will probably remain quite, quite refractory. Um, I know, mean, for example, some, some tumours are famously refractory to treatment, like, um, like pancreatic cancer. And, um, and there are other tumours like, like uh, melanoma now where you have these, these fantastic BRAF inhibitors where uh, for the patients with that mutation that the tumours just melt away but then six months later they're back again because they become resistant. So we need to understand, I think there'll be big advances understanding um, therapeutic resistance and what's driving uh, the resistance and how we can overcome that. And also hopefully in developing therapies which are, are more generalizable, because a lot of the new therapies coming in now are great for a very small subset of patients but, but don't help. Others, and I think you know, we will be probably make big advances in understanding why that is, and how we can make some you know, develop therapies which are a bit more generally applicable, can be can benefit more patients.
0: Okay, let's see how in fifty years we'll we'll be like <laughs> that. <laughs> um, thank you for being here with us. Thank you, and we'll get to your talk now.